0: I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today, I talk with Felix and Ashley Takwapoda from Papua New Guinea. They lead a church in Port Moresby, the largest city in the country. Felix and Ashley were both raised in the church and were baptized in 2002. Felix was born and raised in Papua New Guinea, Ashley in the United States. In this episode, they share how they became Christians, how they met, some of the miracles they've seen, what it's like leading in one of the world's most dangerous countries and their plans for reaching one of the world's most diverse countries with over 800 languages spoken among a population of over 8 million people? All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I'm thankful for you. This is the week after Thanksgiving, but I want to say thank you to you for listening to the Rob Skinner Podcast. I really appreciate the support, the encouragement I've received. It's been a great couple of years in, in many ways, and one of the reasons is just being able to do this podcast, be able to meet people from around the world and to be able to hear from you, learn from you. It's been awesome. So I really appreciate that. I'm about to go to the CLIMB Small Church Leadership Conference this week, December 2nd through 5th, and I'm really pumped up about that. So I look forward to sharing with you how that conference goes. I'll probably do an episode on the conference and and highlighting it, but uh, please be praying for it and enjoy this episode with Felix and Ashley. Felix and Ashley, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Rob.
0: It is really, really awesome to have you guys on the program from Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea. Let me just start by asking, how did you guys become Christians? Why don't we start with Ashley?
1: Um, So I um, grew up in Hampton Roads. My dad was in the military. And um, that was the last place that we actually moved. And my mom was reached out to by... um, one of her co-workers, and I think I was in grade one or something. I was young, and um, we started going to church, and I am a kingdom kid, so I grew up in the church, and um, yeah, I, I um, eventually studied the Bible and became a Christian. Um, actually, today is my spiritual birthday. Wow, how many uh, years? Any, November the 24th um
0: congr- yeah so. congratulations how long has it been since you got baptized
1: uh it's been 19 years oh
0: my gosh awesome
1: yeah so it's really special
2: yeah i'm, I'm also a kingdom king my parents were uh convert, converted one of the first converts uh, in the 90s early 90s when the church was planted here and uh, my dad was at the time <clears throat> searching for a church and I came across, uh, you know, um, one of my uncles who was actually a disciple. We invited him, and it was Mike Fontenot. Mike Fontenot was the guest speaker around that time. And so he came that Sunday blown away, became a, studied Bible, became a disciple. A few years later, um, in 2002, that was the time I uh, studied the Bible and was really convicted by the scriptures, and uh, yeah, gave my life. At that time, and so it's been also 19 years, 19 years for me, too, as well, being a
0: Christian. So, you guys were baptized in the same year, a world apart <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, how old were yeah. you, Felix, when you got baptized?
2: Uh, I think I was 14. 14, yeah, I think I was 14, yeah.
0: Okay, okay, now, how did you guys meet? Okay, you're over in Virginia, you're in. Port Morrisby, Papua New Guinea. I mean, how would you guys ever cross paths?
2: Um, so, I was leading the church here. I, I started in 2015 uh, as a single, single, single man, and then uh, in 2016, uh, Ashley was asked to uh, to come serve here. And so, just a bit of that, <laughs> you get you're getting the glimpse already. Where when she came here, we started to do ministry and but i knew her back in uh, back in melbourne like you know she was there for a one-year challenge and so i knew her back then and i knew that she was she went to serving also in fiji and then went back to the states i was there for um uh, in boston for an, a, a global mission cop something like that it was hosted by the boston church and i had an opportunity to go to uh, richmond and preach there as well and and i saw ashley again and so you know prior to our meeting in Mosby i i, I knew actually uh we kind of like just bumped into each other talked and you know just brother sister hello how you doing <laughs> and then but when i came back here i found out that the next year she was coming and she came and yeah we started to uh, partner together and serve in the ministry and then i think after a few months we just it just went on from there and yeah, we liked each other and yeah, the same year I proposed and got married at the same time too, so yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I was doing a one-year challenge like Felix said and I think we the first time we met was at a campus retreat in Sydney. Um, so I was in Melbourne doing a one-year challenge uh, with the Vasalos and the Camerons at the time. Um, so when we went to the campus retreat in Sydney, I met him um, there and it was just a very quick meeting he was like this he had dreads dreadlocks and was taking walking around taking photos um and you know it was just a very quick meeting like I said but um yeah we just kept bumping in, into each other um from then on out and then uh, God brought us together again Unexpectedly,
0: <laughs> what, was <it> that you, <laughs> what was it that you liked about Felix?
1: Was it that I liked about Felix? Uh-huh. Well, to be honest, at first neither of us liked each other. Prior to like that year, um, so when I for yeah, so prior to that year, we didn't really like each other. But then when I moved here and we were working together, I think just the natural friendship, the natural. Um, I don't know, sometimes like girls are nervous, really a lot around guys, but it was like, I always wanted to be around him. I always wanted to spend time with him and it was just this natural, um, yeah, connection and he was passionate. I, I love people who are passionate about what they're doing and, um, yeah, and he was doing it all alone and this is, you know, it's a tough thing to do, lead a church. Um, and uh, yeah, and PNG alone is hard because women are dominant. They can be dominant here. So for him to do, leave both men and women by himself, it's a hard task to do by yourself.
0: Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the church. You grew up in the church. Sounds like it was started in the nineties. Can you tell me before COVID, how big the church was, what, what kind of growth you'd seen, um, just if you can give a picture for people of what what was the church, how many churches are on the island that that kind of stuff that'd be very helpful
2: Yeah, so so we have uh, two uh, local churches here established here yeah, one one in Port Mosby, which mean actually uh, uh, seven year and the other one in the highlands in Gumini. and so and there's another a brother there, John John and Maria the leader church there. And so, um, yeah, it's been, uh, the, uh, when we, when we first got on board, uh, you know, in 2015, we were roughly a membership of, uh, I think 80 disciples. And, um, and so, you know, and we just, you know, continue to do a uh, ministry at that time. And I think 2000, 2018 was the, was the big year for us because that's when we, hit like we went over 100 wow that was that, that was one of the biggest big big highlight for us you know right. in a while hit that target uh so yeah we we've witnessed a lot of you know families restored with experience you know even people getting baptized and even within their families that's always the beautiful um story you you, you want to hear in every uh conversion you know families within families, and that that, that, that would be some of the biggest highlight for us and uh, families, you know, uh, giving their life to Christ. But I think 2018 will be was the big one for us where we hit over 100 disciples in, I think it, it had been for uh, since 2011.
0: Um, I see. So the membership had dropped and then you got it back growing again.
2: Yeah, around that, uh, around that time, yes, uh, that, that period, so.
1: Yeah, 2018 and 19 were
2: 2019,
1: yeah. um, really good years for us, um, before the pandemic, yeah.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the impact of, of COVID on the island. Tell me, I know when I talked to you a few weeks ago, there had been a lot of deaths in the church. If you could just share a little bit about how the pandemic has hit your country.
2: Yes, um well, first of all, I mean to be in a country in a um, that is you know struggling economically, um, you know there's a lot of contributing factors to that, not just as a uh, but yeah, just in in everything. I think number one is the healthcare system. I think that was put to the test. and uh, so that 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 itself brought in a lot of panic, fear. Uh, so you, you you don't really really get the best treatment here, even in in the nation's capital. So that's been that that one has been a a, a big struggle, and uh, you know just the facilities. Uh, we're yeah we're very grateful even even with the COVID there is you know uh, you know doubts within the healthcare system on you know the the, the debate on vaccine, uh, unvaccinated vaccinated people you know that's still a that's still an issue here. So all of these contributing. Factors and um, and then you know with the healthcare system really in its uh, yeah it's been put to the test even now Um, you know people are lying sometimes in the emergency uh, ward and now in the car parks Uh, you know a few weeks ago we experienced that even people dying in the car parks uh, because of not because of the virus itself but but not getting a what would I say the the treatment the the oxygen. Uh, you know they they need uh, so yeah that, that that was that was a bit tough so so, so you, you can think about the healthcare. So when you system. say car
0: parks, you're you're talking about like the parking lot of the h- hospital.
2: Yes. Okay. You know, so, so with experience, you know, even that that case mm-hmm. that case is there. So. So yeah, it's you know, we, we are not in the position where even even in the nation's capital, we're not in the position to you know, we, we have very limited resources. So that may, that makes it difficult, you know, for for each individual to give them the proper treatment, you know, the care and the attention. So that 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 makes that makes it even uh, difficult. And, and and so you can imagine the uh the panic and the fear and, and that that is brought to uh, the citizens, you know, people, and, you know, they want to stay at home, um, locked up. <laughs>
0: right.
2: And then there, there's another extreme group who are anti, you know, anti-virus, anti-vaccine, you know, they're out and about and still continuing their normal life. So I think, yeah, that, that would be my perspective. Yeah,
1: yeah it's been, um, I think in the church, uh, well, I think one, I, I do think we have, we have had the funds um, to do all these things, but they've been kind of misused or kind of disappeared. Um, as far as with the healthcare system, like people are, obviously we have aids that, you know, from Australia, from the U.S., from, I think, China. Like we have money coming in, but it's just, the money is kind of disappearing. Um, but I think within the church, uh, it's been uh, challenging. Yeah, it's just, this past month. um, I think it's kind of been the second wave. I think the first wave of COVID that came earlier this year um, that kind of was showing more signs. Like I think we had it um, earlier this year, um, but it was kind of just mild. Um, But now with the Delta and everything, um, we've seen a lot of impact um, in our close circles now. Mm. So, um, you know, one of our, campus guys his father passed away we we had met just met his father like two or two weeks before he had passed away and um but so that happened and then uh, like another disciple who I think Felix maybe had mentioned before he was a disciple before he passed away um and we had a disciple go in to ICU, uh, or not ICU, but he went into the hospital, um, and oxygen is very low here, so there's not plenty supplies, Um, so they kind of pick and choose who gets it um, a bit at the hospital, so that's why some people are waiting in the car park, uh, because there's not enough beds, so you have to wait until there's a bed available. There's not enough, um, yeah, there's just not enough uh, beds and oxygen. So they kind of have to pick and choose who gets it first. And,
0: uh,
1: yeah. So I think that's been challenging, I think within the past month of the church and, um, you know, being able to, yeah, just be there for everyone at the same time, um, has been difficult. I think overwhelming. I think Felix has felt overwhelmed a lot, um, probably more, um,
0: yeah, so you kind of are you meeting by Zoom? Are you meeting in person? What are you doing to cope with the pandemic and keep yeah, the church so together?
2: The, sorry, Rob. Yeah. Um, so we're meeting in, we're still meeting in groups, and uh, there, there are options available. And so I think the main issue is because of uh, the health consents. And so, you know, we, the, the measures only allow us to meet 20 and below. It, it, it changes sometimes. Sometimes they, you know, they, they put 50 below, hundred below, or, but now for now, for the next two months, it's 20 and below only. So we've advised the church, you know, if you want to meet in, in groups, you can do that. Um, but just make sure it's less than 20 or it's safe to have it 15, per house per household, you know, and, you uh, and for those who are not able to, uh, meet physically, you, yeah, they, they, uh, we have zoom, zoom, um, services. So, you know, we, you can meet online and just, you know, s- sing a few songs, a welcome, and I'll do a seminium. Right, and, and that pretty much, yeah.
0: How many of the congregation have access to zoom? Is it most people or some half?
2: no only only a few uh, like i would i would say a quarter maybe uh not half but uh maybe a quarter but so, some disciples prefer to you know they, they want to do house change they want to meet together in small groups and because not everyone here is in technology uh whereas in overseas you know there is it's, it's an it, it's it's there and ready and available whereas here you know not, not everyone is into like the internet, the social media. So, and that's, we're, we're very flexible on that. We allow them to meet in small groups, but at the same time, it's a bit of a risk still, uh, but we, you know, we try to just keep it within the measure and make sure that they're still abiding in the CDC guidelines,
0: so. Yeah. So, so Ashley, did you say that both you and Felix got COVID earlier this year?
1: Yeah, we didn't get tested, but, um... I mean, I had all the symptoms, like, as far as, like, losing taste was the biggest, like, um, clear factor that I probably had it, Um, but we just stayed home um, during that time, and it was, it was actually during that lockdown period that we actually went into a lockdown, so, um, yeah, but it was very mild, Uh, and here we steam bath, so you, yeah, you, like, get hot water, and you put some
0: fragrance inside and stuff and then that's what you do every day okay i got covid uh, last thanksgiving it's it's thanksgiving here in the states this week and i lost my sense of taste and smell for three months and even now a year later it's not the same as it was a year ago i mean it's just I'd say it's about 60 or 70%. I mean, coffee tastes totally different to me. Some things I I can't smell or taste very well. It's funny. I mean, that was a surprising, surprising impact. And it's like, you never think too much about your taste and smell, but I'm I'm glad to have it back. Did you get yours back relatively quickly, Ashley?
1: I got it back relatively quickly, but I had been reading like online, obviously, like some people didn't get back for like months, and I was so scared because I the feeling, yeah, the feeling of not having your taste and smell it's just like you don't realize how much you need that and how important it is. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was eating, was not enjoyable anymore, so definitely, I, I can't imagine having it for longer. It
0: was, it was, a, it was a drag, just so let's just say that was a very, it was a bummer. Okay, so let me let me ask you, what are some of the miracles you've seen during your time there in Papua New Guinea?
2: Um, I can share. So <clears throat> I think our fellowship, uh, that will be the biggest one. You know, they just uh, uh, the deep love and affection. Uh, it's such, I always say that our fellowship is that that's, uh, that's one of our strengths here. And, you know, just the, uh, you know, the deep love, uh, you know, the genuine love for each other. And that's, that's been the contributing factor for most of our conversions. come here. It's very magnetic, you know, and they, they love the fellowship. They feel like they're a part of, they feel like people know them <laughs> for years. And so, you know, that, I think for me as a minister, seeing this, you know, just that, that, that brings so much joy, you know, that itself is a miracle to see the the love for each other and, and to see it having an impact to the world, which reflects again, to the words of Jesus, your love for each other will show to the world that you're my, you're, you're my disciples. So right. that, that would be the big one. And then to see, um, you know, even with our conversions, even some of the, you know, there are some conversions, some stories are good stories. Uh, you know, they, they, you just meet them, you share your faith and they come that there are some stories where it's like the couple is about to break, you know break trying to get a divorce and 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 to see them uh to see them reunited again and to to see them understand the meaning of forgiveness to be impacted by the cross and to see their love again to be restored and and now seeing the kids studying the bible that that itself is for me only god can do that so that's not a human effort. That's a, that's that's God, and so that that, that brings so much joy uh, for me too as well. So I, I I would say the fellowship and to seeing the impact of the fellowship and to seeing families, you know, uh, how the gospel changes lives within families, and to see uh, the couples and to see families now even their children, uh, that that would always that for me is the big the big one. That's so. awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think. Um... I think the beautiful thing about Island country churches is, um, and I'm not sure if I've, I saw this much in the U S but I'm sure it happens. Um, but like, just cause Island culture, they have lots of family like there, you know, there's lots of them and the trees are very connected. The family trees are very, very connected and big. Um, and so I think, yeah, one of the biggest miracles that, I love seeing, um, in the island churches is, and then in here is, uh, when families become disciples together. So one person, um, so for example, in 2018, um, we had, um, one team guy come out to an event and, um, and he reached then reached out to his mother and then his mother reached out to her sister. Um, and then, the mother reached out to another cousin, um, family member, and that cousin is now in the full-time ministry here, actually, which is incredible and encouraging. Um, and one of the others, they reached out to their father. The father became a disciple. He's, he was the oldest.
2: He just sent, he just sent 85.
1: 85. Um, and but he got baptized when he was, I think, 83, um, Uh, yeah so it's just been encouraging and now they're reaching out to their other sister and um, it's just beautiful to see the connection and yeah they're connected to some disciples in Australia who are also from Papua New Guinea but they live in Australia like they like again the family tree is big so they're connected within their family tree in that way so it's just cool to see um, yeah families becoming disciples and even unexpectedly you know, like having other family members in Australia that are already disciples um as well. And so I think that's been like for me the most encouraging and inspiring um miracles I've seen here. Um
0: yeah. Hmm. We were talking before the the program began a little bit about Papua New Guinea. It's over eight million people. It's one of the most diverse nations in the world with over 800 languages spoken. I mean, I was blown away by that. Uh, most of the populations in the country, I think uh, only 13% is in the, in the urban, urban areas. So it's very, very, um, still very much in the country. And you're talking about being in the village life. One of the things that also stood out is I've read that New Guinea is one of the most dangerous places in the world. What, can you tell us what it's like? living there
2: yeah png um such a diverse uh culture here but you know we do have some you know uh that the, we, we do have our own battles and struggles and and mo- most of this um in the sense where it's not safe uh with these you know crimes that we uh, we hear of and we listen to you know in the news and most of it is coming from because of, you know, just where the country is economically and where there is limited opportunities uh, in the education system, employment, you know, work in the workforce. And and so when, when there is a, a decline, <clears throat> when there is lacking lack of opportunities, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, people tend to do things that they are not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of that tends to come from that and and that's why you experience you know just crimes at, at, at all levels some you know the corruption is still a, a big issue here uh, and so you know to that sense uh as far as safety is concerned you know they are they, places certain areas even within the city uh you can go it, it, it's safe but you know you just have to go with a little bit of discernment <laughs> right you know like you can't go to this place at this time. You can't drive to this place if you're alone. You know, you need to know the people or go with someone who is familiar with, uh, you know, the street or the suburb or the location. So yeah, I think everything. It's not like you know, you just leave the house and you go. Oh, I'm gonna go there. Let's go here. Let's, you know, you just have to be wise. You gotta be organized, plan, go with a group of people. You know, so. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's very it's the land of the unexpected. And so that can also mean on the the dark side of that too, the, the unsafe side of it. So, yeah, so most of that tends again with the with the crime and most of the issues they come from uh, just because where we as a country where we are economically just limited opportunities and so people tend to go to that direction, they steal or pursue you know, shortcuts. They want to do um, things to gain, you know, to gain something for themselves. To so they they tend to lean towards that you know, because of limited uh, options. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that I. I mean, I've heard this before. The statement that PNG is one of the most dangerous places in the world, and I think I would have to disagree a little bit with that with the statement um like living here even coming from america coming here um obviously it's different i have to be more cautious i think particularly as a woman i have to be more cautious right um i think port mosby so port mosby is the city that we live in um it is has become a bit more unsafe for women i would say um I wouldn't say the rest of PNG, like I wouldn't say the whole cut. Co- I wouldn't like, it's like saying the United States is dangerous because one part in the United States right. is unsafe. Um, or there's a bunch of little parts in the United States. It's kind of like a, a pretty big statement to say. Um, but I think generally, I think PNG as a whole, I wouldn't say is unsafe. I, I've been to a lot of places uh, that we've traveled um, just on holidays or whatever that I felt like I, like I can freely walk around and I don't even have to be cautious. Like, it's just kind of, um, and, I, you know, I think when when it, the country's given that label, it, um, again, it kind of puts everyone in that category. So it's like people become fearful of traveling here, um, but it's a beautiful country. So I just want to, <laughs> let that be said on the record it's a beautiful country the people are beautiful obviously every country has people who um are put in unfortunate situations Um, and i think here yeah like what felix was saying education um just a lack of jobs um so many different things add to that factor um where people aren't really given that opportunity to um yeah, to uh, be able to excel and like the opportunities that we have in other parts of the world.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and it's usually with 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 uh, crimes. It's it's always the minority. Mm-hmm. It, generally, people here are very friendly and approachable. Like you, you, you go out. That's a, that's a beautiful thing about PNG. Uh, so you, if you go out anyway if you stop someone and you want to have a conversation they will stop. they will listen to you like even if you want to bring up some like if you want to talk about Christianity, people will stop and listen to you. Uh, they, you know we, they, there's you see the friendliness, the openness uh, you, you know most of the time they're, they're, yeah you, you can you can experience that kind of uh, that uh, peace living community. It's just a minority sometimes where it just happens at the wrong time, at the wrong place. And one experience can just, you know, that, that can just label everything Got negative, it. Got it. but yeah, people here are friendly and uh, yeah, always right. looking out for ways to help and supporting every way. So.
0: Right. So there's, there's pockets, there's areas that are dangerous, but many areas that are just fine. Let's talk a little bit more about that. You guys are both kingdom kids. This is really cool. You guys both grew up in the church, and yet you're serving the kingdom of God, you're making disciples. What motivates you to, to serve in that way? Like what, what's dry? what What gets you guys up in the morning where you go, man, I'm fired up to serve God in a challenging environment. I mean, even even though it, you know, it's probably not as bad as it's painted to be, It's a challenging environment economically. You know, let's start with Ashley. You, you came from the states. I go, whoa, that's pretty gutsy to to leave comfortable environment and go to a more challenging situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Um, I mean, even before moving here, um, you know, I told my mom that I was moving here, and she all she said was, "No, no, 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 no," and she's a disciple. But I I think for me, it really like um, coming to the decision to move here was um, something I felt like I had fears and, um, you know, but I felt like if I was going to choose to listen to fear or to be faithful, um, to have faith about it, then like I if it's just fear that is keeping me from moving here, then that's not being faithful or having faith so i i I moved here and i think for me um yeah i i think like what has motivated me is god's mission like i think like i love i love moving around i love culture i love experiencing different cultures and i think moving here was something that was scary but it was something at moving here as a single woman Um, even not knowing if we would work out, you know, uh, I think I just loved, um, I just love going on adventures with God and I love seeing him, um, work in ways that, um, yeah, like even work and work work through my fear, you know, like be able to surprise me. Like, look, you were fearful about this, but look how amazing it is. And Mm -hmm. Um, I just enjoy, yeah, just experiencing different churches. And um, so I think what has motivated me the most is, yeah, just being able to adventure with God and to go where he says to go Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, no matter what. And I, I, you know, obviously I left America. I left, I, you know, I was working in the healthcare system and, um, you know, I have a degree and I, you know, I could have been doing a lot of other things and, you know, but I, I, I just love this life. I love, I'm grateful that I came, God brought me here, even though it wasn't my decision at all, um, you know, to move to PNG in particularly. But I just love that how God has helped me to see so many different things that I would have missed out on had I not moved here. So that's what motivates me.
2: Yeah. I think just love for Christ. You know, you uh, as as years go by, and you know, you grow and <clears throat> you grow more in the knowledge of Christ and in the in the grace of Christ. You know, so I think that's the thing that really inspires me. The more I I I study His Word and I study His Scriptures, you know, they, they, there is a, a longing and desire to do more for for His Kingdom. So I think the thing that really, yeah, I think that's that, that's the number one thing. Uh, another one for me would be the, I think there was a need for the church at that time. To be honest, I ministry was not my, uh, I remember many years ago, many years ago when I was in uh, in college, uh, a brother told me, hey, bro, you can, you know, you can leave this church one day. In my mind, I was, yeah, outside, I was like, yeah, sure. But in my mind, it's like, man, that's the last job. <laughs> 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 this is like, uh, this is boring. Like, you know, it's okay. I can be a disciple. Uh, interesting enough, you know, a few years later and you know, I followed the path, you know, to the full-time ministry. But I think for me, when it came, when the calling came for me in 2014, um, I think that the first thing was the need. I saw, I saw the need. So there was, you know, a few brothers have come and gone and, uh, Tony and Tasha, williams from richmond church and then brian and shan Pekings from louisville uh, and then you know we had some local leaders and then we had walker and lara from brisbane and at that time when i was asked i was like no i, I let me let me let me take some time to think about it and so as i as i prayed more and got advice i, I felt like i think there is a need you know what is where are we going again? Are we going to get another expatriate, you know, someone outside to come again? Uh, so, you know, all those things coming into mind. And so I thought, oh, well, let me just give it a shot. And if it's God's will, I'll continue. And if it's not his will, then he will, <laughs> he himself will uh, remove me. So, but I think above all else is really, I had heroes in faith, you know, I, uh, I had brothers, you know, I think because I, I was privileged enough to grow up and to see uh, Tony, these are some of my, you know, I really look up to these men of God. You know, they're still faithfully serving in the local churches. But I really looked up to them. I've heard stories about them, you know, just living their life in America, you know, and and, and coming down here. So why not? Like, why not? If if they if these guys they left their comfort zones to come here, even with their wives, and I thought that well, why can't why can't I step up, you know? And so I had that's a, a a contributing factor so love for christ and you know just seeing the need but at the same time i had role models who uh in the faith you know they were like my heroes and i i saw the way they served, i saw the way they preached i saw the way they loved deeply and so that 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 was something that i saw when they left that that left a you know a big impact in my heart so that that, that made the uh the request to be in the ministry full-time you know that made it very easy because i I had some people to look up to and that they were like a motivate motivating factor too as well. So that was a huge one too.
0: How do you do the ministry with a kid and now you're pregnant with the second one? How do you do ministry with COVID going on? And then, you know, you've got there's security challenges, safety issues. How do how do you manage it?
1: I mean, with the kid, so this is our second year with the kid. So my son is two. Um, and it was challenging, honestly, to adjust uh, I think for the both of us I mean because I think Felix is very you know people men who lead churches are not people who just sit back and right you know they're busy they're constantly you know wanting to do things and on the go and I think going from being you know just us to a child is also different because now you have another responsibility um and it's not just the wife's responsibility uh so i think that that has been like the most um biggest transition and challenge in the like challenge in the transition is like sharing that load or oh. share you know being able to share that responsibility um but for me i've done a lot of i think within covid i've um done a lot of phone calls and um, when we've particularly when we've been in lockdown and even now I probably do, I try to do more phone calls or zooms or FaceTimes. Um, but then, you know, Felix drives me around, like we, we drive together, um, particularly if I'm going to somewhere where I don't feel comfortable parking and walking around um, by myself. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of do things a lot together at times as well. Good. Um And then his parents are here, and our disciples, so they watch our son.
0: Nice. Uh, Uh, They must be your parents. Must be so proud of you guys. I just, I bet your parents (laughs) just gush about you, both of you guys, that you guys are so strong in your faith, and that you're doing all this for God. I mean, it just must blow their minds. If I were your parents, I'd be like, "Look at my kids. (laughs) These guys are amazing." What What are you excited about going forward? I after when the COVID, you know, COVID ends. I know you must be a dreamer, Felix. What what are your plans for the future? You've got a really challenging, you know, situation where you've got your population spread over the island in in small groups. How are you going to reach the island? What what's your idea?
2: Yeah, well, for now, I mean, yeah, thank you for asking. That. Yeah, that's been on my this past few um past few weeks, I would say, or even months what's been on my heart is to train, train, uh, train more leaders. Uh, so I want to, uh, I want to stay focused on that within, I've set up a time frame between uh, now and 2030. I hope to at least, you know, race up. Uh, I mean, not just for the guys, but even with couples and we really want to train more, more men and women in the ministry. That's my, that will be the, the, the big one for me. Um, and, you know, just, man who, uh, yeah, that's our prayer that, you know, man will have desire for his kingdom, God's kingdom and and for his glory, for his name and to see his word being proclaimed and declared, you know, faithfully. So, I, that, that would be the number I wake up every morning thinking about that. I write that down in my notebook. I, Mm. you know, it's, I don't know, my, my notebooks are filled with that vision, you know, (laughs) I'm thinking, dreaming, you know, I, I, I got Thomas, because now Thomas is now a full-time staff, and I said, you know, we, we have only three responsibilities. Number one is stay faithful to the word, and then to the flock, and to the mission. So, but the pathway, you know, in, in in the word is is very significant. So, you know, we we want to become, you know, men who are, you know, men of the word. Uh, so, so that's 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 been on my heart and mind, and every day, and you know, I'm thinking about it. Want to raise more men and. Uh, and then we'll see where the Lord will take us from there. So that's, that's it, you on my heart. Yeah, I know maybe Ashley can share too.
1: I mean, I, to be honest, I'm just excited about eventually meeting all together again because I think, um, I mean, just for the past two months, we haven't been doing that. We've been doing it in house churches. And it's just a different feeling here when, um, like I think overseas, like house churches are great. And like being able to connect with people, is um, a bit there's a lot more um, ways that you can connect with people but here because again some people don't have phones or you know things like that so like it's challenging and so I just miss being with everyone together and so I think I'm really excited about being with everyone together Um you know I I recently also started like uh, this woman's training group and just excited where, where that will go next year and praying to be able to train up some deacons in the future, um, next year and, right. you know, dreaming about that. And, um, cause we have a lot of great couples here in the church who have been here for so long, over 20 years, and have been faithful and, you know, just being able to think about, okay, let's, we need some deacons. We need some elders eventually. And, um, and so that's something that we've been discussing a lot, um, recently. And so, Yeah. I'm just looking forward to, to that, you know, all those things.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. I certainly feel the same way. Like I want to meet, we do meet on Sundays back together, but not everyone's come back, you know, to together. And I'm, I'm praying that everyone will come back and most people will come back and this is what I'm praying about and will not drift away. Uh, but it's challenging. It's certainly challenging, especially as a leader, because you, you, really realize you're not in control, cannot, events are beyond your power. How do you stay encouraged? What are you guys doing to keep yourselves pumped up, you know, through the through a challenging time? Anything you, you guys are working on just to encourage each other?
2: Yeah, I think first and foremost, we gotta, I, I mean, we encourage each other a lot. We, <laughs> we try to just enjoy, we try more often to pray together. And, and, and I think, very importantly to maintain the friendships around us. Right. Uh, because you know, uh, full-time ministers, sometimes it's, it's a lonely, lo- lonely, yep. uh, lonely journey. So I think that's number one, just staying connected with uh, family and friends. And, uh, and I, I think, you know, something that me and Asu, I mean, I've brought this up, you know, just to enjoy, make sure that we are enjoying the ministry when, you know, we're not in control. God is sovereign and we're not sovereign. And this is God's church. And I think just stay focused on being faithful, you know, responsibilities, but try not to be in charge or control and because that's just gonna put a lot of burden. And so, yeah, we just, even during this uh, lockdown, I mean, not lockdown, but this new measure that, you know, that's a bit restrictive to, you know, our gatherings, uh, a number of uh, meetings you know with with disciples you know yeah I think just waking up each day or each week planning out our schedule and and okay this is what we're gonna do and and and, and we're gonna we're gonna do that you know this even with the guys we're reaching out every week every Wednesdays and Thursdays we go out we pick a place around the town and just go share our faith just talk to wear our masks just go and randomly talk to anyone and <laughs> everyone uh, so you know the brothers uh, you know we, we, we're we trying to do that and, and Ashley's doing something with their group you know they, they've they been doing some activities and some women's fitness and you know but um, due to that new uh, measure that's come out you know that's kind of like just a bit of a hole there but yeah I think just staying focused on what's important and trying not to overthink
0: ministry right
2: if right. it seems so, Going. yeah
0: yeah that's that's good stuff I mean It's really tough as a leader to not feel unsettled, especially when you, you know, you're not in control and it's, you know, it's really challenging. So I appreciate that. I I benefit from what you're sharing there. Just to close, what advice would you give to those who want to make this life count?
1: Um, Yeah, I would say um, don't let fear or, Um, uncertainty or um, your plans, um, what you like, what you think should happen, keep you from um, doing what God wants you to do and always live a life that is guided by God and um, directed by God, not you just um, communicate with God what you want to do and then expect him to follow along. But Really allow God to guide your steps, and yeah, to be to be able to dream big and do crazy things for God.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I think for me, my my favorite scripture will always come from uh, Philippians one verse twenty one. You know, for me, uh, for me, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is to die is gain. And, and so, you know, you, you you wake up each day thinking, you know, how can I live for his glory? So, you know, that would be my, um, what would you, what advice would you give to those who want to live a life that counts? Man, you know, go for it. Go go all in for, for God. You know, there's, the, the world is, there's so much, you know, people are making up so much truth out there, but the scriptures is, is the only absolute relevant final truth and, and, and people need to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and to me personally that I feel like sometimes this is my own opinion. I feel like the world is winning. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if I'm gonna give that advice to Christians i I, I, I would say go aggressive you mm-hmm. know and go go radical
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, there, there is no better time than to step up and you know to serve in our respective local churches, ministries, campuses, you know wherever you are. Make it count, you know. Make Christ known. Preach the word. Declare His uh, scriptures. You know. Proclaim. You know. From the rooftops. Uh, I would. Uh, you know. It just seems like the world is winning. So that that would be my, uh, my be my advice. Dream big for His kingdom and do great do do great things. You know. Go for it. So that would be my advice.
0: I love your attitude. You are a true Christ-like leader. That's awesome if someone were listening and they wanted to support you either through prayer financially, or maybe even wanted to go there, how would they reach you and how, how could they contact you?
1: Um, we, so we don't have a church website, but, um, we're on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> and, well, uh, Felix is on Facebook book. Um, I am not, um, but I am on messenger. Um, and we have emails that you can contact us on if you'd like WhatsApp as well. Um, all the social medias. Uh, and so, yeah, we'd love to have people come, please come to PNG. It's great. And the church would be so encouraged and you'd be, you'd leave encouraged. So, um, and financially, um, you know, we have church accounts, uh, you know, um, Yeah, whichever ways.
2: Um, Yeah, Yeah, if people want to, people want to give. You know that that information is available. You know they can, they can email us or contact us. But you know I think we we do have plans for the lay church. Um, So we've kind of like visited uh, once. We plan to visit again. You know it's a it's a second largest city uh, in the country. We do have plans. We are currently now training a couple and. know potentially hopefully God willing that they, they they will be the ones to you know that's always the heart that people will raise their hands to go there <laughs> right, exactly. we're working closely with them and we're hoping in the next few years we'll send a mission team to lay so if they if they want to give that you know they can give to that course you know we, we really want to see um that dream to come to a reality and, and yeah they can they can give to that too as well so but yeah they can reach us through email social media or the, that, like all the Facebook page what must be church of christ
0: okay great well i'll put that information on in the in the um, notes for the podcast thank you so much for your time together today you guys are it's inspiring what you're doing and i'm just praying for the, all the best for you guys going forward
2: Rob, well, thank you so much for uh, giving us the opportunity to share and uh, we're grateful and 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 and, and thanks Thanks for what you're doing, you know, and uh, you're doing a fantastic job. And yeah, thank you. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.